There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre, and downright stupid criminals and crime stories in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, you'll be hearing about a pervy former policeman who had way more than his fair share of naked misunderstandings, a Florida woman who crashed her car because she was trying to drive while manicuring her lady garden, and more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. In March 2017, 49-year-old former police officer Simon Kelly was arrested for sexually harassing several women. At his committal hearing, the police stated that Simon was a registered sex offender who had constantly bombarded women and teenage girls with explicit pictures of himself since 2014. A number of women told the police that he'd sent them pictures of himself naked and masturbating. Braggers! He carpet-bombed the women with his wanking photos through a variety of media, including email, Facebook, Skype, Google+, and even business networking site LinkedIn. (laughs) How would you even go about that? Do you just scroll through LinkedIn to find a picture of a girl you find attractive and then message her? Do you just go, boom, dick pic, open with a dick pic? Or do you add an introductory sentence, possibly give her a little compliment? Dear Nancy, I see you're proficient at Microsoft Excel. Good for you. I could never get the hang of it myself. I can tell from your headshot that you have nice tits. Here's a picture of my dick. Like, for real, he's using LinkedIn to sexually harass women and teenage girls. Don't sexual predators talk to each other and give each other tips on the best way to harass the ladies? Is there no kind of pervert guidebook he could read to give him advice on how to do this shit properly? Because LinkedIn is not the way. But hey, he didn't just rely on using carriage services to harass the ladies. Oh no, he's old school. He likes things 3D, so he made sure to do it in person as well. On February 28th, 2017, he stripped naked and tried to break into a woman's room at a hotel in St Kilda Road, Melbourne. But don't worry, he said it was just a misunderstanding. Okay? It's fine. Nothing to see here. On another occasion, he was seen naked in the hallway of a block of flats. Not only was he wearing a Guy Fawkes mask like Anonymous does, but he was also masturbating furiously. Anonymous would never. 
And on yet another occasion, Simon unlawfully entered a woman's apartment naked and used an iPad he found inside to film himself masturbating. Let's unpack that, shall we? He's again naked and breaking into a woman's residence. How many naked misunderstandings can one man have? This is some scary rapey bullshit. He gets nude, breaks into her place, luckily she wasn't home, then he happens upon an iPad and he thinks to himself, hey, I know what I'll do. I'll start jerking off and I'll video myself on it. That will be a nice surprise for the woman who lives here to find. She will feel very safe in her own home and rather honoured that she has such a majestic video to view. I hope she doesn't misunderstand what I did here, because my intentions were really wholesome and above board. Honest. The magistrate heard Simon had several convictions for similar offending, and that he was on bail at the time of his latest arrest for other stalking and sexual assault offences. In an effort to justify his offending, Simon told the court that he'd worked with Victoria Police for 16 years, but that he'd turned to drugs after returning from Iraq with post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD is a serious issue. Unfortunately, many people suffer from it and it can take years of therapy to overcome. What PTSD does not do is make someone into a sexual predator. And neither does an ice habit, but an ice habit certainly doesn't help. Though maybe I've misunderstood what he meant. Like people keep misunderstanding his naked break-ins and sexual assaults. Perhaps in this case, he's referring to the lesser-known PTSD that I just made up. Predatory trespassing sexual deviancy. Simon said, I've been totally off my head and been a damn sex pest and a dickhead. Obviously, I'm on board with him calling himself a dickhead, but I think sex pest is far too cute of a nickname for this sort of behaviour. Like a small dog who tries to root your ankle. I'm okay with calling that a sex pest. A mosquito who flies at your boobs. That's a sex pest. A toddler that pokes you in the butt. Sex pest. A guy who gets naked and breaks into women's places of residence is not a sex pest. That's a sexual predator. In yet another incident, Simon had a fridge delivered to his flat and asked the female concierge of his block of units to help him out with it. As she cleaned up the fridge area, he approached her naked, put his arms around her and asked her for sex before she legged it to safety. He must be taking the piss to say this is sex pest behaviour. She's cleaning up the area, he scurries off, nudes up, and comes back gropy and demanding sex. Like, fuck this guy, but you know, not in the way he wants. Simon also said, oh, I'm totally ashamed and embarrassed about what happened to me. Don't you love the passive voice he used there? What happened to me? Not what I did. It happened to me that I got naked and assaulted a woman. I'm the victim here. Cue the fucking waterworks. Ugh. Oh, and wait, this is my favourite part of this shit show. 
Simon claimed his drink had been spiked with GHB before the St. Kilda Road Hotel incident where he got naked and tried to break into a woman's room. Oh, and also, uh, he said that he'd only been innocently trying to get the woman to hand him a towel after he somehow found himself naked in the hallway. (laughs) Sure he did. I bet a teenage girl spiked him. They're always doing that kind of stuff so that they can take advantage of middle-aged guys. Because they know if there's one segment of society that gets overlooked and brushed aside, it's middle-aged men. Nobody believes them ever because obviously it's opposite day. Seriously, who goes around spiking the drinks of sexual predators? Uh, The things I hear and read and see when I'm researching this, it's just mind-boggling the lengths that people will go to to try and explain away their behaviour. I just can't believe that it ever fucking works. It's just so transparent. Anyway... For some random reason, Simon told the magistrate that he had recently been bashed by some Sudanese gentlemen. He did not say why. Perhaps he'd got naked and tried to break into their flat. Or maybe he was proffering that to the court to imply that he'd already been punished for his actions that had passively just happened to him. He claimed he wanted to do treatment at a rehabilitation clinic which cost $30,000 and said, Oh, if I get remanded, it'll throw everything out of the works. So he's saying that although he's a seasoned and well-practiced sex offender, he shouldn't be remanded in custody for his crimes because he wants to go to a fancy rehab centre instead. Is it just me, or does it seem like he's willfully missing the point of the concept of crime and punishment? Makes me wonder how good a police officer he would have been back in the day. I mean, I shudder to think. You know, you could make this speeding ticket go away if you just did me a little favour, love. Simon was charged with aggravated burglary, stalking offences, unlawful assault, and a raft of breaches of the Sex Offenders Registration Act. He was denied bail and remanded in custody. Aww, so he didn't get to stay free and go to fancy rehab while his life just happened to him. Sad. In November 2017, Simon pleaded guilty to more than 30 charges, including sexual assault. Magistrate Franz Holzer described the crimes as starkly concerning and said a prison term was required given the distress his victims had suffered. Simon said he was using ice when the offences took place and the magistrate was concerned that he may commit more offences in future if he took drugs again. So he must have been on board with the whole ice made me into a sexual predator defence angle. So many people do ice without becoming sexual predators. How do they manage that? Before sentencing Simon to 18 months in jail, Magistrate Holzer said, There is a real issue around the possibility of reoffending. Which is true, and it must be nerve-wracking. For the real victim here, which is obviously Simon, some reoffending could just happen to him at any moment. 
Simon was ordered to serve at least 11 months of his 18-month sentence before being eligible for parole and was placed on the sex offenders register for 15 years. For the sake of any women or girls who encounter him in future, I hope this is the end of the naked misunderstandings that have happened to Simon so often in the past. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. In March 2010, 37-year-old Florida woman Megan Barnes was driving her Thunderbird to visit her boyfriend in Key West. As is usually the case when a woman goes to visit her boyfriend, her ex-husband was with her. And as is also usually the case when a woman is driving to visit her boyfriend with her ex-husband in the car, she was shaving her pubes while driving. (laughs) We've all been there. The ex-husband, Charles Judy, was a helpful chap. He even took the wheel so he could steer while Megan got down to the real nitty-gritty of shaving her crotch. As she told authorities, she wanted to be ready for the visit. What do you think she and her boyfriend were going to get up to? A nice quiet game of mahjong, perhaps? Bingo at the senior centre? Or maybe they were going to be doing some swimsuit modelling? Yes, that was probably it. So Megan's mowing her lady garden and operating the brakes and accelerator while her long-suffering ex-husband steers the vehicle. It's possible he, or she, may have got distracted by something as they crashed into the back of a Chevrolet truck. The Firebird hit the truck with such force that the passenger side airbag deployed, causing burns to Charles's arm. The driver's side airbag did not deploy, which was probably lucky for razor-wielding Megan. It takes a lot to surprise Florida Highway Trooper Gary Dunnick. Patrolling the roads of Florida had shown him more than his fair share of bizarre and crazy antics that often involved alligators and weapons and drugs being kept in orifices where they did not belong. Dunnick has had some next-level crazy experiences pulling over drivers, but said of the pube-shaving crash, If I wasn't there, I wouldn't have believed it. About ten years ago, I stopped a guy in the exact same spot, who had three or four syringes sticking out of his arm. It was just surreal, and I thought, nothing will ever beat this. Well, this takes it. The Chevy had slowed down to make a right-hand turn when Megan's Thunderbird hit it at 45 miles per hour, which was within the speed limit. Florida's Highway Police spokesman said that Megan then allegedly drove about half a mile further down the road from the crash. She must have had some amazing blackmail material on her ex-husband Charles because she convinced him to switch seats with her so it looked like he'd been the one driving which I guess he partially had been. 
Trooper Dunnick's mama didn't raise no fool, though, and he noticed Charles had burns from the passenger side airbag that proved he had not been in the driver's seat because that airbag had not deployed. It turns out that Megan wasn't even allowed to be driving in the first place, whether or not she was whippersnippering her downstairs weeds. The very day before the accident, she'd been convicted and sentenced to nine months of probation for DUI and driving with a suspended license. Her license had been revoked for five years and she was ordered to get her car impounded, which she was obviously yet to do. Trooper Dunnock said, My phone's been ringing off the hook all day, and I know there's a funny side to this, but it's also deadly serious. This is a scary road and a lot of bad wrecks are caused by dumb stuff like this. It is unbelievable. I'm really starting to believe this stuff only happens in the Florida Keys. On April 21st this year, in the Queensland suburb of Kedron, a travesty occurred at a Hungry Jack's drive-thru. Hungry Jack's is like the Aussie version of Burger King, in case you didn't know. A Karen had seen the ads for a new pork belly burger and set her expectations up extremely high in preparation for what was sure to be an earth-shatteringly brilliant lunch of great importance. But it seems the pork belly on Karen's burger wasn't big enough and it was too fatty. The burger also looked nothing like it did in the advertisements. Rather than get a refund and eat something else, combative Karen held the drive through line hostage as she insisted the Hungry Jack staff make her the pork belly burger of her dreams. She refused a refund on her burger after returning it three times and was getting increasingly more belligerent. A guy in the car behind her at the drive through recorded this incident and put it up on TikTok. He said before he started recording that Karen actually came right up to his window to threaten him physically and say that she was going to knock him out. Let's have a listen to Aussie Karen's pork belly burger tantrum. You should be lucky that I haven't got my camera because I'd have taken a photo of that and sued you for it. It's not what's advertised on the TV. It's not what a pork belly deluxe looks like on the TV. All your photos are out the front there for that matter. Disgusting is what it was. It's all fat. It's got this much pork in the middle underneath the tomato. This burger was the second charge you had. The second one, the first one wasn't bad enough. The second one came back from the microwave. $13 and whatever cents. I don't care what you say. $9. I'm going to bring out the big guts here. I'm going to love this. No one cares. I don't care what you're saying, pal. And just for you, I might hold you up a little bit more. I don't, I've got up. nowhere to be. I've like got that. nowhere to be. I'll speak to anybody how I like. My day I off, you dummy. I'll those burgers on the things that's not like this. If I had my camera, I'd take a picture and I'd show you for it. How's that no, great? I'm you? not going to listen to you. And oh, I you're not going to listen to me. Get out of the drive-thru. I have asked you nicely. I asked nicely for the pork belly. I asked nicely for the second pork belly. Yeah. If you think that I'm going to ask you nicely for a third one, you got another thing coming. And I'm 
I swear I haven't sworn at you yet. Bitch. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are short cases that sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. On the 1st of April last year, 58-year-old Anthea Willis called her adult daughter from work and told her that she'd been shot. Her daughter was, of course, super concerned and worried that her mum might die. She frantically called 911 and dispatchers sent emergency responders to her mother's place. Wichita Lieutenant Ronald Hunt told the media, Multiple police units, probably between 15 to 20 officers from the Wichita Police Department as well as Fire Department and EMS responded to the scene. Officers blocked off neighbouring streets and surrounded Anthea's house. When their knocking on her front door did not result in any response, they broke it down. Once inside, they quickly searched the property but found that nobody was there. After further investigation, the police learned that her claim of being shot was meant to be some kind of twisted April Fool's joke on her daughter. Not funny, Mum! Anthea was arrested and charged with unlawful request for emergency service assistance. Lieutenant Hunt told the media, April Fool's can be a good funny little joke in some circumstances, but when it involves emergency responders... That's not funny anymore. <laughs> That's true. Area transport 1100, Michael Montella, 147. In 2014, 33-year-old Michael Hogg and 28-year-old Andrew Wood attempted a break-in that earned them the title of Britain's Dumbest Burglars. Both were career criminals, with Michael having 40 prior convictions for 61 offences and Andrew having 73 prior convictions for 144 offences. I often wonder how people with this many convictions can be out on the street, since after their first convictions, they're usually breaking the conditions of their parole when they commit new crimes. But hey, what do I know? I'm no crime surgeon or law scientist. So these two jail-frequent flyers were suspiciously moseying around their neighbourhood in Hartlepool because, like charity, burglary also begins at home. They figured they were in for the haul of a lifetime when they spotted what they thought was a pile of money on the windowsill of a house. Now, I don't have any money, but I'm sure if I had piles of it, I'd definitely leave it on a street-facing windowsill... Excited at the prospect of securing the riches in their hot little hands, Michael broke the window while Andrew acted as a lookout. But the homeowner was woken up by the noise, went downstairs and scared the two of them off. He discovered the broken window and the packet of novelty tissues printed to look like 50-pound notes, which had been on the windowsill but was now lying on the floor. Michael and Andrew were arrested trying to flee the scene as a neighbour had called the cops on them. Later in court, Michael's defence lawyer Matthew Collins said, It is an offence born more out of stupidity than involving any significant planning. He saw what he thought in his deprived state was money, 
but it turned out to be tissues which had a 50-pound note printed on it. He walked away feeling very stupid. I'm sure he did. Before sentencing each man to over three years jail, Judge Simon Bornarton told them, Both of you have very bad records indeed. You are persistent offenders, and it's got to the stage with both your cases where the public are required to be protected from your offences. Eh, better late than never, I guess. Adam 12, code 5. In September 2015, 43-year-old Donald Watson took himself to hospital suffering from a gunshot wound to the dick. When interviewed by the police as to how he came to be shot in the dick, petty criminal Donald said that he'd been taking out his rubbish and a random black guy came along and tried to rob him. Donald, being a big, brave hero, fought the guy off and ended up getting shot in the dick for his troubles. Or so he said. Officers went to his flat in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, looking for evidence of the attack. One of his neighbours told them that he'd heard screams of pain coming from Donald's apartment at about 1am that morning. After executing a search warrant on Donald's place, officers found bullet fragments on his bed and an empty gun case, but no firearm. Donald underwent dick surgery and was re-interviewed by the police a couple of days later. This time he told them a very different story. He said he'd been examining a gun he was thinking of buying. He placed it in his pocket and it discharged, striking him in the dick. He refused to tell them who was selling the gun or where it was now. Donald was arrested on charges of possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, possession of a firearm by a drug offender and false reporting of a crime to law enforcement officials. I think the moral of this story is, don't be dumb enough to shoot yourself in the dick, and if you do happen to be dumb enough to shoot yourself in the dick, don't blame it on a black guy. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review. (laughs) Because you know the people who didn't will. (laughs) If you'd like to support this independent podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash world's dumbest criminals. All levels get access to monthly bonus episodes and ad free episodes. And higher levels also receive a pork belly burger that looks exactly like the picture. Thanks so much to Brenda White Brockway for signing up as a patron. I really appreciate your support. If you're up for more dumb criminals in your life, you could follow me on Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast and Twitter at WD Criminals Pod. Or you could join our World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast Facebook group. And thank you to the simply splendid Lorraine Ledwell for running the group with me. Till next time, look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, Don't commit a crime that makes you end up on this podcast.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 